we're back. It's another week. What is this? Episode 22? I lost count when Jeremy left. Oh my gosh. Well, it's the Prowlers Podcast. I'm Joe Pace. I'm here with Matt Graham. And we just came off a big weekend at home against the Elmira Enforcers. Yeah. I feel like we did more enforcing than them. Yeah. Enforcing the uh, enforcing the warm-ups. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it all started with the Leonard Brothers. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then Mo. And then Dave, and then who else? I don't know. Yeah, I don't Every, know. Everyone got in. I think yeah. there's at least one fight every game. It reminded me of the Fed of old. Well, if you weren't at the games this weekend, you missed out because uh, four team leagues, they're the most competitive. Honestly, I've said it before, when the Fed was four teams, we had the most fights, the most intense games that year. And, uh, you know, guys did get friendly over time, but, you know, it was competitive. And it was, you know, you saw each other all the time. But, uh, you know, already there's rivalries this season. And, you know, we haven't even seen Carolina yet. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's, Carol- it's funny because Carolina was expected to be like the best team in the league, and now like what they're in last place. Really? Yeah, and we've beaten every other team, so we know we can beat anyone, right? So. Well, yeah, anyone can beat anyone, but yeah, we are the best. So, uh, yeah, Freebird, I don't know. We'll be shooting you out of the sky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, guys, uh, this weekend, yeah, we played Elmira at home Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Sunday's crowd, uh, you know, where were they? You know, I expected you guys to be packing that house every night. So this weekend, we're back at home against Carolina, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday again, right? Yeah, well, yeah, new opponent, but yeah. But three Friday, and Saturday, three Sunday, nights. Same time, 730, 730, 3 o'clock. So. Yeah, I know that Sunday game being at 3 o'clock, it's middle of the afternoon, it stinks, and we understand you're still hungover from Saturday night. We get it. You were out. You had a few beers at the game. You enjoyed yourself. You got to sleep in. We had 375. Oh, did we? <laughs> Holy. So Saturday night, I don't know what happened, guys, but Saturday night, Nick Niedert said it looked like there was a 1,000 people in the crowd, and I felt like it when Johnny scored that goal with a what was that a minute or what four minutes left a minute left yeah I don't know I don't remember oh man so Alex Johnson number 25 scores a power play goal with I think four minutes to go Saturday night to give us the lead and uh the place erupted and I would have thought there was 1500 people in the building oh yeah it was loud it it feels I think the uh, the black seats and the lights and everything like make it look like like there's more people here like because i was saying like i think on friday or saturday it was like 375 actually looks like a lot i can't imagine what it's going to be like when we get like 750 or a thousand or 1500 even you know right and uh, yeah you get fans wearing the black jerseys and stuff it just it fills it in nice and now i know why the red wings got rid of those red seats yeah down low you really see the empty when they're red or like we had red and wood and the wood looked orange so you it stood out when there was empty seats yeah i think It'll, it, like it, it'll make it a better atmosphere for the fans even, you know. They're going to feel like there's more people here. It's going to feel more packed. And then maybe they'll be more passionate too. So. Well, yeah. And uh, we're playing good hockey. So uh, a fan asked uh, just after the weekend, because, you know, we opened up the year against Elmira and uh, didn't have two good showings. Well, all of a sudden we're back against Elmira and we win the weekend. And uh, Friday night's game should have been ours as well. We let that slip away with that uh, shorthanded goal there. So, you know, it was three games that were very winnable, and uh, we won two out of the three, but, you know, it was, it's wild. They said, how many new guys do you have from that first weekend? And we were like, none. And then we were like, two of the guys that should have been there weren't, Larry and Dave. So we have two new guys and one new goalie. But, you know, one new guy is the goalie. But, yeah, Dave and Larry, if everything would have went right at the borders, they would have been there for that weekend. So we still... We still would have lost. Yeah, we still would have lost. (laughs) Like, you know, we just would have had another body. But, uh, yeah, that's how much we've improved just getting to practice. Yeah. No, it's nice. I mean, it's... uh... It's one of those things too, you know. Like over the course of a long season, you're like, ah, oh, like you know, you don't think the practice matters that much, or you know, like you, you take a couple practices off. But this season, you really need it, especially in the condensed season, you know, and it's it's shown. So. 
Well, and it's crazy, you know, some of those guys on Elmira were talking about when they got together and they were skating back in November. Yeah. And, you know, that means they've been in Elmira skating since November. It's like, well, we got together, started skating the last week of February. Yeah, maybe they're burnt out, huh? Have you, heard, have you heard the story yet about what happened on their bus ride home? No. Oh, so someone, to- to- someone told oh, me. Oh, wait, wait, wait. This is FHL Breaking News Exclusive. with Matt Graham. Yeah, so I guess they're on the bus ride home and Foos didn't even let them get off, get off the bus at the gas station to go get snacks or drinks or anything like that. No way. Yeah, yep, everyone stayed on the bus. That's what I heard. So there's a leaky, leaky locker room over there. Ooh, right? leaky, leaky locker room. Well, you know what? You can't do that. Guys need to be hydrated. They need to be fed. So unless you're, you got a bus full of snacks with the booster club or something, the bus was packed full of boxes of food. I could understand, but if you don't, you got to let the guys go get some drinks and stuff. Yeah, you need guys. Guys need seven sandwiches and stuff like. Yeah, younger needs to eat. But, uh, no, it, 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 that kind of stuff, you're not going to make them want to play for you more. They're gonna, You're going to shut them down. Oh, yeah, they'll, we'll resent them, start, start battling against them, you know. Call, I, I call guys on other teams, start bitching about them. Yeah, exactly. Well, there you go, guys. That's an exclusive with Matt Graham on the street. That's a that's the beat report from the FHL. Jeremy's sending me beat reports from ABC up there. Oh, gosh. Well, that's what I mean. I told you guys we report on everything that happens here. So uh, there's something else that happened this weekend. Uh, we're actually, we'll get into it more in our interview. Uh, this week uh, we'll be sitting down with the legend, Nikki Niedert. But uh, we'll go over what happened. Uh, Saturday night, Johnny scores that game-winning goal and celebrates and taunts Foos and kind of looked at Foos, celebrated and did a motion to Foos like uh, I want uh, whatever, arms up, pumping his chest. Well, Johnny gets a 10-minute misconduct, kicked out of the game. Okay, we'll live and we'll move on. Well, Foos wasn't happy about that, and him and Johnny have been rivals, or Foos has hated Alex Johnson since Johnson's first year in the league and when he was with the Berkshire Bulldogs. Brewster Bulldogs. Oh, Berkshire? No. Brewster. Yeah. Brewster Bulldogs. Another Bruce Bennett team. Joe's combining teams here. Yeah, just putting everyone together. But uh, the Bulldogs. So when he was with them and John Scully and stuff like that, Jesu. Yeah, Jesu. Yeah. But uh, you know what? The Prowlers hated Johnson. Hated him. I think I even stepped on one of Johnny's sticks and broke it in half. He tells that story all the You've time. You've given him more, more than enough now. So. Yeah, well, it was just the price he had to pay to you know, earn some respect in the league. I was like, what's he going to do? Is he going to fight me? Nope, he just went to the bench. I broke his stick. But, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I think Foose called him out while everyone was stretching in the hallway. Then maybe told Fats, then said something to me. He's like, start Johnson. I said, know what? We start the same starters after a win. So, uh, you know, Foose and Johnny got into it in warm-ups, and then all of a sudden Foose started the game in the penalty box. Yeah. And then first play, power play, Fats goes up the ice, gets hauled down. Second penalty, we go up five on three, score on the five on three, and the game was ours from there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not, not the way you want to start, you know? Nope, nope, and uh, you got to be smart. But uh, we'll get more into this. Let's kick it over to our live interview with the uh, living legend, living legend from Hudson, Iowa. Hudson, Iowa, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Nick Niedert. So the journeyman is here with us. Your parents were here. It was one heck of a weekend. We were just telling the fans, we are talking about the Johnson story and how that played out and how it ended up pretty much winning us the game starting on a five-on-three. But, uh, you know, what's it been like to start with us in Elmira and see that start? Because we went over that. It's the same team that lost those first two games in Elmira, and you were there with us. What's it been like to watch us evolve and now be here for the evolution and the revolution as we take over the league it's pretty pretty, (laughs) it's pretty impressive um to see how far the the young team has come in three weeks it's it's extremely important to uh see how the the frustration level wasn't there um you know they took their lumps they took the medicine the first weekend and uh move forward from there since then um you know 500 hockey club and 
climbing the ladder, played a really good team this weekend with Elmira and got a couple wins out of it. Um, it was close. We, you know, Passingham played a great game Friday night. Uh, very easily could have uh, been a three-game sweep for either team this weekend. Um, very good hockey games, and uh, we came out with uh, two or three wins, so it's a good st- step moving forward. Right. Well, what was it like for you jumping in Saturday night and not just getting a win, getting a win in front of your parents, but I don't think it was an easy win. Like 50-some 50, 50 <laughs> shots, 52 shots on goal. It well, was no joke. No, it was it was good staying in rhythm and, you know, staying busy the whole time really helped. And, um, you know, our penalty kill, we got put behind the eight ball a few times. But, um, you know, we did a good job with everything. And um, Why, How many kills did we have Saturday night? Eight? I think seven or eight, yeah. It was four in the second period. How many kills were we in when you threw up in the crease? Three. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's on video. You can see it. it's pretty clear. It's unbelievable. Well, it's a good thing Johnny says we have a team full of penalty killers. So. Oh, yeah, gosh. Was, uh, yeah, they uh, cutting, I think, dumped it cross corner. Fetter, I yelled to Federley to just skate it, and I picked my helmet up and got sick, put my helmet down. and Yeah, it was pretty wild. Oh, man. Well, uh, the fans would have loved it if the bar was open and they were all standing down there on the glass. Right there. Oh, yeah. It was right there. Yep. Well, uh, no, you played amazing. And, you know, when you stayed in the group chat after the Elmira weekend, and I thought you were going to come for that first weekend here against Columbus. And, uh, you know, it was just I knew you were going to be a part of the team through this whole thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some of the younger guys are like, who's this neater guy? Why is he still in the group? Why is he commenting? Like, you know, like when we're down in Columbus and we drop that game in overtime and you send that nice message to the boys, it was just uh, it got him going. But some of the guys are like, like, what's he doing? Like, is he still on the team? What, what? And they just didn't understand your work and you got other stuff going on. And uh, I don't think some of them knew you were planning even on coming out here. Oh, yeah. No, I knew I'd be out here as soon as possible, um, especially with the schedule and everything. It's tough to do. But, you know, the big homestand here, I'll be able to get some games in and hopefully um, help the team out. Hell yeah. How do you think this guy played? You're quiet over here. Well, yeah, I'm spacing out. No. But, well, no, I just want to get your opinion because I know you were super surprised by all the goaltending this weekend. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that uh, it's probably the best I've seen him play, you know. And, like, what, I've played with you for three three seasons now, parts of three seasons. But, yeah, that's probably one of the better games I've seen him play. Yeah. I just, I knew that the, the, the well, the, the planets and the stars were aligning and it was just <laughs> meant to be like, he's passionate about the team. Yeah. He's passionate about the guys, but you know, he loves his family and his parents. And when was the last time your parents saw you play a live game? Uh, four years ago in Danville. Oh we my lost gosh. one nothing in overtime. But prior to that, Grammar like, got was, a spearing major. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. With two oh. minutes left, and we lost. <laughs> Ru- ruined that one for you. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> oh, that was I with the Titans? Yeah. With David Lund? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But prior to that, didn't you guys have long stints where they didn't go to games? You were, yeah. But you were getting called up. We didn't know where you were going to be Friday night. Yeah, it's true. You're playing for Danville. You're gone. You're in Utah. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, you're in Utah. No, you're back in Danville. Nope, you're traded to Watertown. Nope, you're called up to Wheeling. Yeah, it was wild. Oh, wild, wild for a while. <laughs> It was wild for a while, but no, it's been good. They well, got to come see a game, so it was a lot of fun. I mean, we were happy to have them, and you know what? I was so surprised that your mom knows so much about all of us and all your teammates and everything, because, like, you know, your parents watch all the games online, mm-hmm. but then, you know, even my parents are like, who's this guy and who's that? It's like, no, they remember every player and guys coming in and out, but their stories from the old Waterloo days of the USHL juniors, Mm -hmm. but then they went back to when the USHL was a league like this, minor pro, and my dad was playing in it against like the Green Bay Bobcats. They had names on names on names. I'm like, man, we need to get my dad here. I was like, I don't even know. I'll have to pull up a score sheet. Hockey historians. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my mom and uh, dad watched your dad play. Yeah, they had to have. They were like, we had season tickets in 78, 79. I was like, he was on the Green Bay Bobcats, 78, 79. Huh. So, yeah. But then they were surprised how young he is. They were like, what? He's born in 60? (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. I was like, yep. It's like you, you know, playing at 19. 
Well, yeah, so he left home, and instead of playing juniors, this was like, uh, you know, a step above a junior team. But, you know, there was, you know, men on the team. There was guys that have been around, and they got played. 38 well. well, and you know, yeah, there was probably 30-some-year-olds on this team. But, yeah, it was like a senior A-ish team, but uh, it was hard to describe. It was a semi-pro league, but, uh, yeah, the league wasn't real big, but it was the USHL. Excuse me, and then it became the USHL that we know today, with almost those same cities. Yeah, they did a good job with it. They've been around for a while. It's good to see. Right, and yeah, he he always said in Green Bay he got treated like the Packers. Like Packers were superstars. Well, the Green Bay Bobcats were superstars as well. It's like all the team, all the town had. That was it. You played against the what was it, the Gamblers? Oh, yeah. yeah. I had some buddies play up there, and they said it was awesome. But I'm like, you're in Green Bay. Why is it awesome? Oh, there's some there's some sneaky towns, especially in the USHL. There's a lot of great places to play. I mean, it's just like uh, the smaller towns in this league when it was the IHL. You know, Kalamazoo, Muskegon, Flint, you know, there's some great cities to play in. There's a lot of tradition. So well, yeah, a tradition. I, I can't compare Kalamazoo to Flint. No, <laughs> no. Flint's in their own. Category. Flint, Flint, and Muskegon almost end up in their own category. Yeah. Kalamazoo's got a college. You're rocking there. Yeah, you're, you're having, having fun. You're, you're a rookie in Kalamazoo. Time. You're having a good time. Halloween, Kalamazoo. You're having the best time. Yeah, right. Well, uh, dude, I'm just so happy that you're here and we did this. And uh, yeah, it was just crazy. It's been great. Like it's well, been a fresh start. You know, especially. Meeting the team in Elmira, we all didn't really know what was going on. Uh, we found out real quick what was going on on that first game. Oh, my um, gosh. We knew how, you know, but after the second game, when we were all sitting around in the locker room before we took off, I was like, this is, there's something special here. Even though we got smoked, you know, on the scoreboard, like, things are going well. Like, their goalie played a great game that Saturday night. We had a lot of good chances. It could have been a lot different score. You know, as long as the guys stick to it, it was going to be fine. And then the next week, got a win against uh, Columbus here in town. You know, split the weekend, go to Columbus, uh, losing overtime, could have been a split. Uh, This past weekend, get two out of three. Like, things are moving in the right direction. It's a a good club, not a lot of changes. Uh, One change from opening night. Two, sorry, two. Nips and... uh, Got it. That's well, it. And that's what I mean. Larry and Larry and Dave, who weren't there, and we played short. Mm-hmm. We played two guys short because they weren't there. Yeah. You know, I, like we said a minute ago, would have made no difference. Still would have lost those two games. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then, you know, added uh, cutting. But, you know, it's uh, it's been it's been nice to, you know, just watch the, watch the moves and everyone, like, it pay off and, you know, the process, seeing the process pay off, coming to practice, putting in your reps, and, uh, you know, starting to improve on all these teams that had a 8 to 12 week to 16 week head start on us. And I know uh, I apologize to you that, you know, weeks ago on this podcast, we've ratted you out. We go, Nick Nieder just posted a video. They're already in the Watertown locker room. All the gears <laughs> in the stalls. Yeah. They passed out gear already. Training camp started. And, uh, you know, Clarkie didn't like that. But, you know, that's what we do here. We're talking about things that happen right now. He just told the story about how Foos didn't let the guys stop and get drinks or food on the way home. He made him ride from Port Huron home without getting off the bus. We're trying to cancel people on this podcast. Jesus. No. Well, that <laughs> well, was I mean, a rumor. Hey, you know what? Like, and I might not have talked about work. it. No, yeah. but it, you know what? Like The way it was, though, it used to be like that. You yeah. know, if you lose a game, it, I've seen coaches you know, walk up and down the aisle, make sure no one was on their phones, no headsets, oh, no yeah. nothing. Um, well, I would love to do that, but the culture here is so different now. Yeah, that's if different. I was like, guys, get on the bus in your gear. We're yeah. riding home from Mentor in our gear because yeah. we lost. And then an hour outside town, make them run right. home. Yeah. And they, the guys would quit. Yeah. They just, they couldn't handle it. No, but that's the way it was. We'd have guys hitchhiking home, beating no, the bus was, back. There was no choice. Like that was—that's just the way it was. 
Oh, the ride from Esteban to Weyburn in your full gear with yeah. your dress shoes on is a miser- miserable ride. You're itching. You're It's just horrible. You're in this wet gear. It's disgusting. And then you're on the bus and the heat's pumping. And it's just, ah, uh, it's yeah, just garbage. It's, just, never done that. it's a completely, everything's so much different than, you know, it was years ago. And you have to evolve. If you don't evolve, you're, you're nothing. You'll die. Right. And, you know, with society and everything and I mean the players now it's a lot different than it was you know there's now there's a lot more there's a well the young guys are soft but I think we got lucky our young guys are a little tough it's a you can't do this to me like that I mean people have rights where before you didn't know it was if you didn't do what the coach said you were done and you were buried oh yeah you'd be blackballed you'd never play hockey again I have yeah. the perfect example of uh, evolution. It's got to be Nick. You know, my first year in the league, we trade for him uh, in Watertown from Danbury, I think. Danville. 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 Yeah, we trade him, and then he comes into uh, the locker room in, uh, in Watertown. And, you know, my, my stall is the handicapped bathroom stall uh, in, the, in the locker room. And uh, I'm on my phone in the locker room. He's like, what are you doing? Snaps on me. You're on your phone? And now present day, he comes back in here. Everyone's on their phone in the room. It's different. Oh, my <laughs> there's gosh. A lot of, yeah, you got to pick your battles. Eight years. It yeah. Is, no, but there's a, lot, there's a lot different than, you know, there's a lot of things that I think should be the same. Um, that being one of them, probably. No, yeah. But <laughs> the, the foundation of the game is still the same. Um, there's a lot of leniency, but there's a lot of things that... I think should not be gone that are uh, there's a lot of accountability issues but at the end of the day I mean you just have to pick your battles I guess you have to I was talking to my mom about it and dad you can't lead like you did 17 years ago you can't you know there's a lot of things you can't do now that you did five years ago so everything's a little different now but uh, at the end of the day the same result is what do you mean? Yeah, After we got back from Elmira, we did one day of dry land. Guys were like, dry land? Yeah. What? Yeah. brought out the dice. <laughs> it was just one of those things where when you lose back-to-back games that poorly, like, just be happy you still have a job almost. Yep. Like, you should be, yeah, grip your stick a little tight. They, they are lucky that I thought about it as, this is our training camp. Yep. These are our exhibition games. We're moving on. Because, excuse me, I really think some coaches like Espo would have gassed 15 of the 20 guys. He well, would have went crazy. All right, for example, last season, um, when I was in Danbury, we lost uh, opening weekend to Port Huron in overtime both games. The next weekend we went to Danville, lost two more. And then um, I went home for funeral. I missed the weekend's games in Carolina, split. And then uh, we split a couple more weekends, but I went, I think, 15 games between starts. And from my last start to my next start, there was uh, 14 new players. Well, it, that move paid off for them by the end of the oh, year. Oh, yeah. I mean, we signed Shin Carrick, uh, Bowen Porter, Steve Brown came back, Atwell got traded. Um, you know, Billy made a ton of changes. You know, and there was a lot of uh, turnover, and it worked out for a while there. You know, and that's it, and that's what I mean. He took it super serious and tried to put together the best team he could, and we came in there and stole two OT wins. And uh, you know, for us, you know, we didn't even have to pick a team. That was just our team from the year prior. Everyone yeah. coming back, and then what? We added, we added Matt Stoy on defense, Dalton Young defense, Larry, Larry defense, and then. Uh, it, it, Oh yeah, Platzer, you know, Grego. But yeah, we had uh, yeah, just over half a dozen new guys, but that's not a big turnover. Where sometimes in this league you get a new coach, you got eighteen new players. Well, oh, like high for sure. guys, yeah. yeah. Well look at Watertown this year. What Brent had. I think he only had maybe three guys come back. Maybe three? Right. The year prior to. You know, if the team stayed around, yeah, it would have been maybe three, four guys, tops. You know, you, you totally revamped the club. And then, you know, this year you stuck with the guns. Um, like I said, takeaway opening weekends, 500 hockey team. Pretty, very competitive hockey team. Like, after the first game on Friday night, I was talking with folks. I go, does this look like a 1-5 in five team to you? And like, this is incredible, the change that it's been since in three weeks. 
you know, it's it's pretty impressive, and uh, hopefully we can keep it going. Well, I had some questions for you, so let's go. Best city you've ever played in, period. It could be for anything. Best city. Uh, in regards to what? No, your your favorite city. So I should oh. say your favorite. It could be because of the fans, the rank, just your experience there. Just favorite. Um, favorite? Like personal, just personal okay. to you. Favorite game night? Yeah. Adirondacks, always fun to play in. Because the rink's old. It is a snake pit. It is a very steep arena. They put 5,000 in there, and it fans are right on top of you. The ice is small. It's fast. Um, it's always intense. Those are all Adirondacks are a fun place to play. Now, nicest city you've ever been in on just, like, regards to scenery, things to do, living situation, like... Colorado Eagles. Okay. Yeah, hands down. That's a nice spot. That's a really good spot. Best food city. Food city. Wow. Orlando. Orlando did a good job down there. Atlanta was nice. Um, all for restaurants, nightlife area. Yeah, Orlando. Oh, man. I didn't expect that. Yeah, Orlando was good. <laughs> Orlando's good. What's your one? Well, I don't what my my question? Yep. Uh, I know your brain's been. I was looking for some been... Fed shout outs here. You know? <laughs> okay, oh, so that's all because <laughs> Nick's been is for people that don't know. Nick's been in every league in America but the NHL. Yes, correct. You know, so that's the easiest way to sum it up. Maybe maybe this year. No. So your favorite <laughs> southern city ends up being in the coast, Orlando, food city. Then you, you got... know what? Huntsville's a great spot. Well, yeah, that's where I that's where I first remember playing against you is Huntsville and the SP. Yeah, and then we played against each other when you were in Madison in the All American League, and I was in Chicago. Then I went to Flint. Then. Yep, and uh, yeah, and then I ended up in Flint. The or no, I was in Flint the year prior prior. with uh, yeah with Bobby Reynolds and uh, Steve Pronger. Yep. But, uh, you know, and then years later, I, you know, we were playing against each other. You're in Danbury, and I'm in Danville, and I got you to Danville. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though Danville wasn't a food city or a scenic city or yeah. anything like that, we did have a little fun there together. But, uh, man, the year you were there, we had the biggest headache ever, and that was our head coach. It was... Our bus was a pretty big headache that, that year, headache, too. Yeah. Um you know, it was. That Would was you the say that year. was the most disorganized season you've ever been a part yeah. of? Yeah. You actually one practice. Nick was so mad at the players on the ice and the coach and things going on. The uh, maintenance guys laughed. Like when we were doing practice one day, something happened and they started laughing. Nick was so mad he went off the ice, up the stairs, and tried to fight the maintenance guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really. <laughs> And we're like, where'd Nieder go? He's going, he's going to beat up Gino and Dave. He's going to go Yeah, my skates were ruined. I was running off cement. Yeah, it was a tough year. <laughs> it was like, I started the year that year in Elmira in the coast, and we had 40 guys in camp. It was, uh, it was a tough training camp, and I had four shutouts in five games. I gave up one goal in one of the we had full full games at night we played script we had practice every morning with our group and then we play every night i had a great camp i played uh preseason against uh wheeling that year um you know played well we won that game uh had a really good camp and then uh Obviously, didn't work out, and then went right to Danville. I had high expectations. Wait, and, and that that was his first year pro. He came yeah. through our training camp. Matt Graham came through training camp, mm-hmm. and we didn't even notice him. That's how many guys we had there. It was just, it was <laughs> different. It was tough, you know. It, it was just, it didn't start out well. I had such high expectations, and then it was just one of those years. I just couldn't find a way to get it going, and it was so frustrating. It wasn't playing well. Like, everything that could have gone wrong did. What do you mean? That was the year that I was like, oh, Chiggy thinks we have the best team. He told me in training camp, he goes, my team's going to be so good. He looked at me, he goes, you're going to be lucky if you make my team. After the first period of the first game, he goes, you're my best player. I go, no (laughs) shit, idiot. Yeah, it was tough. And then, like, it got frustrating. I wasn't going to leave, you know, it was... And then all of a sudden it was like a month in. I'm like, I have to just 
hopefully I can go up and then come back and I'll be fine. That was the year you went to Salt Lake City. Yeah, You're sending true. us all pictures of the mountains. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, neater, duh. Yeah, went to, uh, went there, um, went to Quad. Saskin was sad. Went to Quad City a few times. Um, Brian didn't know what to do without you because you guys would go on those shopping trips Yeah, we were shopping dinner. every day, yeah. <laughs> every they day. only had enough groceries in the house for one, one meal. meal. Yeah, that was so, so they would have the to day. shop every day yeah, for every meal. Day. No, but it was just what else it was there tough. To do there? But the apartments <laughs> were in the parking lot of the grocery store, yeah. in the parking lot with B dubs. So you literally could walk right to That's the grocery store. Yeah, it was the drive there was thirty seconds. Why would you store your own food at your house then? Yeah, it was all stored fresh at the grocery yeah, store. Perfect. Well, they got to see people in town. They were walking around. I know it's one town down. No, it was a little bit of people watching. You know, and you might not see smoke shows walking through there, but you're gonna see you're gonna see something that you're gonna look at. It's like the people of Walmart, but it's at every store in Danville. Well, I've told I've told Joe. I go, you know, when Parkhouse and I came there, that's like that year we went there. We got cut from Peoria. We go through to Danville. We showed up. We drive into town. We turn down that street to go to the rink, and there's just crows flying all over the sky. And he goes. Dude, I can't stay here. We got to get out of here. Yeah, you guys left about two. Yeah, well, Danville, Danville, no one understands. It's surrounded by cornfields, so the crows flock to the city at night because it's warmest downtown by all the concrete and everything. So they go on top of the buildings and stuff to stay warm at night, and they sit on top of the Palmer Arena too on the roof. But yeah, it's a real creepy feel. You come out of the rink for like a fall game in October. You walk out, and the trees and the roof. Are are filled with millions of crows and then in the I've morning like in the morning they're all gone why because they're back out in the cornfields and they're out eating corn and doing stuff out there i was like this place the city's abandoned i was like i can't believe this and like, uh, I, and like the, I'm, I'm this is the city I'm, I'm more of a misery loves company kind of guy so like i thought it was pretty funny that like parkhouse was like super upset about it and i was like just feeding him about it and then uh, at the end of the skate he's like you can stay if you want i'm leaving <laughs> well, and this is the best. So, uh, Will was just born, mm -hmm. and I think the skate you came to was my first skate. Like, I missed two days of practice, and then I come, and that was like your first day. And I'm like, see shit going on. Huggett's trying to fight Graham. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I'm going back to the hospital. See you guys later. And then Chiggy's calling me that night. He's like, you know those two new guys? They were good, right? I'm like, yeah, they're good. And I was like, would you say they came from Peoria? He's like, they quit. They quit. <laughs> Yeah, and he was wild. trying to blame it on me. I'm like, dude, it's your team. You're running it. I was like, you're running it like a psycho. Yeah, I was in the airport in, uh, let's see, I flew from Quad City to, I want to say Chicago. And I was in the airport and I have like eight voicemails and they're all from Mike Chigasola. I'm like, what? what's going on? So you listen to it and. I call him. He's like, this is your fault. There was a mutiny. I go, what are you talking about? He's like, you were spearleading, you're spearheading this mutiny and this and that. I go, I'm in the airport in Chicago. Like, I'm getting on the plane to go to Utah. Like, what are you talking about? He goes, I tried to skate the guys and then oh, they told oh, me Oh, you skate. weren't there. No, uh, I was. I'll tell you the story. So I'm like, okay, what are you, what happened? He goes, you finally got what you wanted. I'm fired. I go. I didn't want you fired, Mike. I don't even think he got fired that day. But so what Nick's talking about is Chigasola. No, so Chigasola would uh, tell us if we lost a period, he was like, oh, you didn't play hard for six minutes of the period in Watertown, and we lost in the third. You know, you guys owe me six minutes, so get on the goal line, and we would skate for six minutes. Well, he's like, you guys... Uh, he's like, you guys didn't play for whatever it was, 18 minutes in the third the other night. Get on the goal line. And no one moved. And all of a sudden, he's looking around, and he looks at me like, what's going on? And I look at Ryan Stern like, go ahead, say it. And Stern goes, listen, you've been suspended for seven games. You get on the goal line. You owe us seven games. You're supposed to be the coach. You're always suspended. And he goes, what? He's like, is this a mutiny? He starts losing it. And everyone's like, yeah, we're not skating. You skate. They're like, you owe us. 
and uh, he gets right off the ice, and we're like, I'm right away, I'm like, okay, four blues, round the world, like, let's go, let's start moving. Well, he gets off, and we see him leave and walk towards the office. We're like, okay, so now we're three drills in, the door opens, and he comes back out on the ice, and he's in full gear. And I'm like, what's going on? And he's got his Gretzky helmet on, he's like, let's go. And he's like, Ozo, Andreev, Dietrich, Bobich, with me, Jeremy in the net, everyone else with pace. And he goes, let's go five on five. And he's like, we're going to beat your ass. And I'm like, what? So he like said, doing a face off, he just shoots the puck in my corner and starts charging me. So I rim it. He like peels off. He like crashes into the boards, peels off, goes at Justin Barr. And as he goes to hit Barr, Barr elbows him in the head, knocks him flying. His stick goes flying, helmet falls off. He's running around the ice, slashing people, trying to hit people. He like wears a size eight skate. His skates are size 11 and a half. They look like clown shoes on him. He's just flying around out there. But uh, one day he was so mad at us. He walked in the room and he wrote... 350, 279, 179. He totaled that up and he put some other number. Everyone's looking at these five numbers and they're like, what the hell's that? I was like, that's his games played, goals, assists, points, and penalty minutes. And they're like, what? I was like, that's his playing career. And everyone's like, what a loser. That was his pregame speech. I remember from one day being there, he must have said that he led the East Coast League in scoring all time or one year or something like that at least three or four times. And I only met the guy once. <laughs> no, it was it was tough because like he had his coaching style, and that's what a kind of it shot me right at the beginning. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of the end when I I've had some great coaches in my career, some bad ones, but he was such an ignorant coach. He would say things like, "We gave up, you know, you got scored on four times this game, and you only had." 18 shots in two periods like your save percentage blah 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 blah. I go Mike they scored four five on three goals yeah but it was the shots on goal I go did you watch any of the film? Remember, Why would I need to watch film? Remember our four check that one time when he did the one 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 five guys in a row we had, he was line. mad we were getting beat with cross-ice passes. So he's like, first guy in between the hash marks, next guy top of the circles, next guy blue line, next guy red line, next guy far blue line. And we went in a straight no, row down the side. Yeah, he's an yep, we no, won that night. Yeah, I just... But it turned into a men's league game, so we won. We got into a screaming... Don't you remember we got into a screaming match in the locker room? I've never screamed at a coach in my life. I've never even talked back to a coach in my life. No, but that and year was I so different. Snapped, and then I beat the piss out of that garbage can, remember? <laughs> I broke a garbage can into about a thousand pieces outside oh. and left. Well, and so my first encounter with that guy was McIlvain was coaching us the year before, and he goes, man, this guy that used to play in the East Coast League all-time leading scorer said he wants to come out of retirement and play. He was with Danbury last week, and he got cut. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, he's making a comeback. And so he brings him in, and this guy's smoking a cigarette, walking in with his hair slicked back in a ponytail, and he's got his bag over his shoulder, bag so small that his hockey pants don't fit inside it. So he has his pants looped on his stick, and he shows up an hour late for practice, and our practice is at like 8 at night. So this guy's walking in at 9, McIlvain kept him on the ice, bagging him till like midnight. Like, we need to get you in shape. And that weekend, he dressed him. He gave him one shift. The guy tried to go fight Pisano. Pisano's like, get away from me. We won the games, and he's like, see, because I was here, I won you those games. He took off. He's like, I'll see you guys Monday, and never showed back up. Just disappeared. It was definitely it was a unique situation. It was wild, but I've never seen a guy walk in for practice just smoking a cigarette. Not like not just walking into the rink; like he's in the rink now, walking to the ice with the cigarette in his mouth. It was like the guy from Replacements, the kicker. Well, I played. Yes, with, <laughs> yes. I played with a guy in Slovakia who, before games, his name's Lucas Jiha, right? He's like a yeah. legend. He's like Czech legend, right? Before games, he'd be like half dressed. He'd be like sort of like going through a stall and fumbling through things, and I'd be like, "Where are you going, man?" And I knew where he's going. He's like. I'm running. And he'd go down the hall and go to the bathroom and go smoke a cigarette before Well, that. But then my rookie year, Jason Firth and Wayne Gretzky, or Brent Gretzky, 
Yeah. So Wayne's brother would walk out of this room right here. They played here in Port Huron. They would go down to the stairs where Senior would smoke his cigarettes, and they would both stand there and smoke a cigarette between every period. Some yeah. games, Brent would smoke two or three cigarettes between every period. Yeah. Well, so my rookie year, I saw that. shower shoes on and go in the shower, turn the shower on, smoke a cigarette between periods, yeah. Hobby Crazy. Bullen did it for years. Yeah. Dude, but that's what I mean. The guys did it, but by the time these guys started, that was unheard of. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. But, well, yeah, I, our rookie year, we still saw it. I thought yeah. it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had guys smoke cigarettes, drink pop, the whole bit. Oh, uh, Dan Vandermeer, best defenseman I ever played with, drank six Pepsis per game. If he had to drink Mountain Dew, fine. But, yeah, he wanted six Pepsis. He would drink one before the game, one in between the first and second, one in between the second and third, and then one or two with the pizzas after. Yeah. yeah. The guy was just crushing Pepsis all game. Definitely is different. I think Dalton Jay does that. Do, but he should take him a little more pride in it. But Vandermeer was in shape and put up That's 90 true. points in the yeah. U-Haul. Yeah, he was a good player. No, it was, I mean, it was a weird situation that year. You know, it was, I don't know what the heck was going on, like, personally for me, but, like, it was, honestly, it was the worst year I ever played. Oh, you know? I know. It was like, well, let's stop talking about that. No, but even then, like, bad teammate, like, everything was bad. <laughs> we well. just wanted you to have to relive it. I didn't want to. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, okay. Best place you've played that had the best living situation? Um, in this league? Any league. Okay. Well, do any Here. league, then <laughs> FHL. Um, Utah living was real nice. So that's the best. What's the best FHL living you've seen? Ooh. Well, he's in the double tree here. So. When he <laughs> says the apartment's in Danville, you know it's bad. No, the, uh, the apartment's in Watertown are nice. Okay. They, they had a good spot there. They had some good. They had some good. Living. Okay, so we asked best food city, and you said Orlando. Best FHL city for food. Oh wow. Uh, I would have to. You'd have to say Danbury. Okay. Because you're so close to New York City. Okay, yeah, that's fair. There's that's some good fair. restaurants in Danbury. Well, you know we got a Portillo's now right down the street. No. Here. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Hall oh, Road. Wow. Hall Road, baby. And we got a lefty's cheesesteak in town. Poor Huron's moving out. up. And we got Casey's. That. Thank you to our sponsors, Casey's yeah, Pizza. Yeah, I told him I'd swing by there. Like yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You need a poor boy sandwich from there. You will not be disappointed. I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll get on the ice, just rub my barrel all morning. Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. But uh, so we asked about that stuff. So best arena to play in. A good arena, old, new. You said Anirondack. Now FHL one. Love Watertown. Watertown? Yeah, because it's... Old Watertown? Old Watertown, no, New Watertown. Watertown. <laughs> new Watertown. It's, it's loud. It's rambunctious. Uh, the ice is always good up there. Um, that's a great place. Well, no, Jerry takes really good care of his ice. Yeah. It's always the... Like, it's never off. It's never yeah. pitched the wrong way. You get on the ice some places, you feel like there's yeah. speed bumps. You start rocking the over board, the blue the lines. Boards are, there's so much uh, consistency. You know, that's a big thing, especially in Watertown there when you rim a puck. It's always going to be consistent. The the bounces off the boards are always consistent. And the seamless glass yep. helps Everything's Yeah, everything's... But it's uh, not unique. Here's no, unique. There you know. it is. Yeah. Danville where, you know, the doors, puck bounces out. Oh, Danbury. Columbus's doors are the worst now. Oh, are they? Oh, wait, oh where Columbus were we? doors. We were in Elmira, and they had a dasher board sticker overneath a hole in the board. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I showed you. I skated by and shoved my stick in there. Oh, gosh. And I didn't even have to aim. And they don't, it's not just one. There's numerous holes that yeah. are covered up with dasher boards. Yeah. When I think that's a little dangerous. Hey, Robbie, those are stickers. Those, uh, those aren't boards. <laughs> no, those, uh, that rink, when it's full, though, that's a great atmosphere. No, it Elmira, is. Elmira, that's always a great atmosphere. They do a good job up there. No one it like I would say Elmira because it's like the biggest, it's got the big scoreboard. Yeah. But honestly, I love ours because of the history and the tradition 100%. and like you know, our buildings like the old Red Wings training facility for train camp. Gordy skated here. Yeiserman had his first wings camp right here in this locker room here. But like the wood seats did it for me. Now I the wood it. seats are gone. Like yeah. we're moving up with the times. We got leather padded seats, we got nice new LED lights and yeah. stuff. It's but or if we turn the lights off for the national anthem, it took 20 minutes for him yeah, to get back on. Eight, eight yeah, eight just circling around, around asking the ref, "Are you ready to go?" He's like, "Are you guys ready to go?" He's <laughs> like, "It's still pretty dark. You sure?" 
It was, you know what, like, playing here as a visitor when I played for Flint in the IHL was awesome. Crowds were always good. Like, it was it was a great atmosphere. It was a great environment. Uh, now with all the new stuff, it, it looks really nice. Well, you didn't play against them before they were the Ice Hawks. Do you ever play against the Beacons or the Flags? Flags. The Beacons were rocking here. Yeah. My first team I played against was Casey Harris's Beacon team with yeah. Gretzky and Firth and all those yeah. guys. And Krasowitz and Goody were on the team, too. Yeah. They were rookies. But, uh, man, this guy, Joey Sewell, beat me up my first game ever here. He slashed our goalie, but they were friends from home. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know how it worked. I just saw a guy slash my goalie. And I was playing midget hockey the year before, so I went right after this guy and got destroyed. And I'm like, open my eyes, and the ice is all red. I'm like, that must be from me. I get to the penalty box, the whole team's there. They're like, you okay? Okay, okay, good fight, good fight. <laughs> they thought I was dead. They, were, they, they weren't all there to like give me pounds for stand up for myself. They were there because they were generally concerned that I was not going to be okay. That's all right. Funny, you don't see guys like that anymore, though. You know what I mean? No one comes from midget hockey and just starts playing, fighting, and stuff like that. <laughs> no. Yeah, my my first game, I had turned 19 nine days prior. Jeez. Like, yeah. You don't do that anymore. Well, I had ruined my college eligibility in the OHL, so it was like, why am I going to keep trying to play juniors where all these college scouts are out there watching? I was like, I'll play I'll play in the minor leagues. I don't care. And then I was like thinking I was going to play in a league like this. Well, it folded. I ended up in the U-Haul with all those men. I got my ass kicked constantly. I got hit one time, flew out the door and flint out onto the concrete, knocked the, knocked the gold judge over. Jeez. Well, it shouldn't have been there. <laughs> Should have been standing there. Uh, well, Nick, we got to break down that fight we had. We, and we got to tell people, you got to go Google Danville Dashers versus Watertown Privateers line brawl or bench clearing brawl. I don't know how it's labeled. It's got hundreds of thousands of views. But this fight starts because Nick's playing a puck and then just body checks a four checker. Yeah, well, <laughs> the guy kicked me earlier. In the second period. Jeff I, Dill? Yeah. And I told their coach, I'm like, I'm going to butt-end him in the face. I was just losing my mind. And he's like, don't do it. I saw it. I'll take care of him. I'm like, you don't need to take care of him. This is a few weeks after we fired Chiggy. This so, is like right after the Chiggy out. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike, Mike Kellemeyer. Kellemeyer, yeah. I went by the net and stopped the puck, and I see out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, I see him forechecking my right. I'm just going to go backhand, and I'm going to finish my hit on him. So I threw it backhand, I shoved my butt end out, and I, I, it was greasy. I tried to hit him with my butt end. No, but you shouldered him and knocked him right down, yeah. I think. Yeah, then I buried him. And then I went back to my net, I'm like, okay, it's done. No, he turned to come he after you. He turned to come after me. I think Huggett stopped Huggett, him. Yeah, and, and then uh, Huggett didn't like confrontation. No. So he gets in the middle of it, and I'm like, and I know Ryan doesn't like confrontation. I'm like, oh, I got to get in here. So I threw my gloves off and I went and grabbed on and then all hell broke loose. And I was like, I followed the pile all over the ice and I look over and my coach somehow ripped a guy, the other coach's suit, like (laughs) Brad Brad Zanks, his suit coat was still on without a shirt underneath. (laughs) His coat never left his body. I was like. How the hell did that happen? You need to go watch this video because yes, you even they the camera turns to the benches right as this happens with the two coaches, so you get to see him go full barrel out on the bench. So I'm like, okay, I'm definitely kicked out. Thank God, like I'm done for the night. I'm so. Wait, how about the announcer, Chris Erickson? First, he's yelling, "Pace, pace, pace, pace." I'm on the bench. It was Justin Barr. Then we got Jamie Zaleski fighting Chris McCarthy. Yeah. Chris McCarthy jerseys him and then waves his jersey like he's... Henning uh, went and, after yeah, him. Yeah, and the Henning goes and Goldberg spears him. Then we had Henning and Spooner in the corner where you hear, Spooner and Spooner and yeah, Spooner and Spooner. Henning got loose and then... Erickson immediately changed his tone. Well, and what else we had going on? We had Skinner and Huggett. We had you and Dill. But, yeah, the best is when Chris Erickson is, like, yelling about Needert. He's like, someone needs to take that goalie, pull his helmet off, and pop him one. Yeah. And then he just, in the middle of the fight, like, popcorn? 
Is there fresh popcorn? Yeah, and there's still a line of the concession stand like he was losing. It was embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. He was the best announcer because he would just be like, and the Dashers are on a breakout, and they're moving through the neutral zone. Ooh, hot dogs. Hot dogs are ready. Hot, I smell them. And then he's like, ooh, shot wide. And goes around. Then later in the game, he's like, you know, Watertown's on the power play. They're moving the puck up high to Spooner. Oh, popcorn. Will someone get me some popcorn? I love popcorn. It's just like, what is this guy in the middle of the play? He's just like, and Jamie Zaleski shoots it. He's like, I want to say hi to the whole Zaleski family. I know they watch all the games. <laughs> like, it was just like. Well, I thought I was done. I'm like, oh, thank God, I'm getting kicked out. So I was skating towards the exit. No, they didn't let you leave. No, they didn't let me leave because our goalie gets on the ice to start picking up stuff. And he he gets into a fight with one of their players picking up gear. So the the ref comes over, he's like, okay, we're kicking that guy out instead of you because he left the bench technically. I'm like, I just want to be done for the day. The ref's like, nope, you have to stay in. Yeah. I was like, are you serious? Can I just leave? He's like, nope. You was that Jeremy? It. Yeah. No, oh it was uh, Robbins. James Robbins. James Robbins. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was like, will you just let me just please? Can I just leave the game now? No. Let me leave. I I, I did. I completely forgot that that's how that went down. But yeah. So Robbins got kicked out of the game for picking up gear. But I think while he was picking up gear, JD Gordon or yeah, something speared him. With water. him. Yeah. Someone. And then he went into their bench. Like it was just out of hand. Well, Tippin was next to me. We were at the petition. Tippin was a like, goal scorer. Though. Yeah, he goes, should we go? And I'm like, I'll go if you go. I was like, as long as we don't fight each other. And yeah, he's like, was... he's like, I kind of just want to go. And then he's like, okay, we should go and make this stop. It's got to end. Because at some point it was like 15 minutes oh, of fighting. Minutes and of then he's like, okay, now it's getting out of control. He's like, let's go end this. Now it's, I was it like, was okay. out of control for minute two to 14. I know. So get on YouTube and Google Danville Dashers versus Watertown Privateers Brawl, and you'll find it very easily. And the other one you need to watch is Danville Dashers, Danbury Whalers bench-clearing brawl in Maine, Lewiston, Maine. And there's two angles from it. So you can watch it from Niedert's bench side with Danbury and you can watch it from Danville's bench side, where I was. And, uh, yeah, what you need to watch for is the first guy to leave the Danbury bench, which is Nick Niedert. And you need to watch a guy come out of the crowd in a white and gold tracksuit, which is Joe Pace. Yeah, and that that was the thing. Like, I was smart about it. I, I was playing for my 100th win the next day. My mom was in town. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get suspended. I knew it. So I left the bench. And then I just kind of waited a little bit, and then I waited till there was like four or five guys jumped into your bench. Then I came flying. Yeah, he goes first guy off the bench, fifth guy into the pile. Yeah, so the first four guys got suspended. I got nothing out of it. I was oh, the first one. Off that the video bench. you have to watch it over and over because there's actually so much happening in that fight. Oh, it's there's a guy way off to the side next to our bench that gets hit from one of your guys oh, and yeah. disappears and never gets up again. No. He just is dead. Yeah, he's just gone. gone. That was pretty out of control. Oh, my gosh. But the way I came in hot, just coming out of the I stands. I looked up and I saw you flying down the stairs like, this is not going to be good. <laughs> were you white and gold tracksuits? Oh, no. they were the worst tracksuits. You guys had just the... Mine got destroyed oh. that night. Zipper was ripped off. You thing was say. shredded. You dove from the press box into the bench. I don't know how the heck you got in. I think there was a door. There was a door right there. Came flying in the door. But the fans, I could only imagine what the fans were thinking when they saw me Uh, run into the bench. Phil, we gotta go. No, Phil, we gotta go. No, God damn it, Phil. He goes, all right. Well, that's when uh, Joe Pace Sr. was standing in on the bench for that game. He was literally pitchforking Danbury players yeah, with the stick. The he was ripping their sticks out of their hands, turning them and spearing them with their own sticks, my oh, dad yeah, was. It was, it, was, it was pretty wild. So then the next day, that was at, I took that picture in the locker room. The one that says, line up tonight, anybody that's not suspended. That's my photo. <laughs> in the locker room, that's what Phil put in the board. He goes, anyone that's not suspended, you're in. Oh, my gosh. Well, I only got one game for that, so I was happy. Yeah, I think uh, Matt Moffitt got five. He was one of the first ones in. He didn't throw a punch at all. He was off the bench, but he you could see him clear as day standing there with a stick in his hands, just standing by himself, no one within 20 feet. Oh, my gosh. He got four games. Yeah, Chinova got, I think, eight. 
Yeah, I think that's the first guy I threw a punch at. Yeah, he and was, then I ended up going right after nice. Kelly Miller. I was yep. like, Miller, he saw me, he's like, Joey. I was like, Kelly. And we yep. just met in the middle. Yeah, you got him. I don't even know if we threw punches. It was more just headbutting each other. Yeah, that it was pretty wild. And then I went to grab Kelly off you, and he elbowed me in the face. Like, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty wild. Yeah, I think I tried to pick Fulton's nose with my tongue. That was weird, yes. To bite his nose off. The original Brad Marchand. Yep. I nibbled his nose. He handled it well. Yeah. But I didn't do it hard either. It wasn't malicious. It was just my hands were tied up. I had nothing else left. So don't tell the kids that. No. But uh, you know what? Man, this was fun. I wish you were here every week. I would kick Graham off this podcast, make you my co-host. Absolutely not. Well, we could just tell stories over. all day. Grammar's doing a heck of a job. We're going to change the name so we go, welcome to the Joe Show. Okay, okay. Best bus in pro hockey you've written on. Huntsville. Best bus in the Fed. Elmira. Pr- prison bus in Danville? No. <laughs> no, I want to just wipe that out of my mind. So the year he was in Danville, we had a prison bus. It belonged to the California Department of Corrections the year before, and it actually had all bulletproof windows. So you could shoot at us going down the road, yeah. and you couldn't we hit us. Well, no, but no, what happened is we would get horrible gas mileage because of all the extra reinforcements of the it bus. It weighed so much. The bus was heavy. So did you guys just take the windows off? And while we should Okay, up, so probably. you know the bathroom in the back of the bus was right in the middle. And there was a the there was no seat. wall. No, there was no there was wall. no wall or door. It was all cut off so the guards could watch you. Yeah, and then the back seat was like two and a half feet higher than the rest of the yeah. bus because that's where the guards. Well, were. what about the one at the front too? That was up above everyone, so you could see yeah, the whole and bus it was facing the other way. Yep. Yeah, it was incredible. We had one seat at the front that was higher that looked out, and one at the back that was up real high that looked yeah, out, so you could look down on everyone. Yeah, your head would hit the roof, and you were sitting down. Yep, yeah. it was wild. Where do you guys get these things? And there was a gun holder right next to the seat for your shotgun. Yes, that was incredible. <laughs> we and never the, used it. We should have. No, there was no stereo in there. There was nothing. It was just. Oh no! No, what do you it, mean? But even our bus now is that same bus with just without the bulletproof windows and like we. I think we have better seats than that bus. That bus had all was, waterproof everything. It was tough. Like, you could just hose the bus down in case they, like, vomited or anything happened. You just blast the bus. Yeah, you could hose the bus down. There was plastic seats and stuff. It was horrible. It was not comfortable. Oh, my gosh. Well, we got through that year, and we're still here, and we're still doing it. It's a miracle. I don't know how. But I think we're better off because we've been through that stuff. No, we're just hoping to experience experience it again. Oh, no. Graham, why do you have to say that stuff? He tries to jinx us sometimes. He goes, you know what? He's like, I used to be that guy that used to tell everyone, like, the team's not going to pay you. And then they would go into the coach's office and be like, where are checks? Ah. And then he goes, I would just sit back and laugh. Like, ha-ha, look at how mad he is now. You're a terrible person. Well, I think Meter got me like that from Watertown. The league's going to fold next week every week. <laughs> why can't, yeah, I was like, why can't this league just fold? Remember the, uh, the outline of the FHL person on the ground? Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, I think you did that. I might have. <laughs> I was drinking. Wait, what was that one? Come on, you can't we, half tell no, a story. We drew, uh, As Graham goes to pull up the photo. No, no, we we, we did drew, like a, a chalk outline. Yeah, chalk outline with white hockey. Team. In the locker room. In the in the housing. Well, we had to. We found out after a game. Uh, Brent called us all. He goes, "Come to my apartment." He's like, "All right, we have to have all the apartments packed up in the next six hours, and then we're playing a date tomorrow." We're like, what? No, that was a rough. Into the season there. Well, Punterary, Punterary is like talking to my dad. He wants to be a player coach, wants to get a bigger role. At the same time, he's planning on pulling a Coors Light out of his pants later in the game and saluting the crowd and retiring. And he does do it. I get traded before the game in the hallway to Dane. Then I play that game against you guys. I play against Danville, and then I play against Danbury. And then we think we have a week off, and we get a call the next morning, and they're like, oh, you're playing tomorrow against Watertown. They're on their way here right now. Yep. And we're like, wait, what? The game's not in four days. It's in 24 hours. Yep. And then they didn't even have hotels for us. Yeah, Parkhouse slept on the bus. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. 
There was guys there in their own cars. I remember Brett Sands was there in his own car. He had driven his own car two days. Yeah, and the, we played the games, and he just kept driving straight yeah. home. Yeah, we had, uh, it was a tough situation. <laughs> I'm happy that it was over. But you yeah, guys we almost. We went to game three. Hey, was, you yeah, guys. Like, what, stick to the plan. We're supposed to lose. Stick to the plan. Wait, <laughs> what would you guys have done if you won, and then you had to go sleep for three weeks at the hotel in no, Danbury? I, I don't think. I don't if think we won, we were playing the next day in Danbury. For the championship of one game. No, game. it was going to be five games in five days. Oh, my God. Because you guys because ended up playing the ne- You left that night. You guys played yeah. the next day, game one and two. No, we played Tuesday, Wednesday, had Thursday off, and then we played Friday. And then we left after the game and played Saturday, Sunday, and Danbury, game yeah. one and two of the finals. Then we waited till the next week, and Danbury said it was unfair that they got a Saturday and a Sunday. Well, that's how we finished up the interview with Nick there. We got cut short, but we'll have to, you know, have a part two in the future. So uh, thank you to all our Prowlers fans. Remember, tickets are already on sale for this Friday and Saturday. Call over to the McMoran box office. It's 810-985-6166, and you can place your order by phone. So uh, 810 810- Nine eight five six one six six. The McMoran box office tickets are available. Us versus the Carolina Thunderbirds this weekend. So uh, thank you to Casey's Pizza Port Huron and uh, head over there now and uh, get the end of the spring menu before uh, they kick it over to the summer one. So uh, let's go, folks! And remember, on game nights, head over to Casey's first. Get your to-go alcohol and walk over to the McMoran. So completely legal now in Port Huron, downtown Port Huron. If you have it in a licensed labeled bottle from one of the sponsored restaurants, you could have to-go alcohol. No more brown bag in it in Port Huron, baby. So uh, thank you to everyone. See you this Friday at the McMoran.